Okay, welcome back to Colin Shots, the Seth Partner. I am joined today by frequent guest uh, Shmadua of uh, Bourbon Street Shots. Uh, I had the I made my uh, regular season debut earlier this week. Uh, I had not been to a game at Pfizer Forum this this year, uh, but I went on on uh, Wednesday and uh, or Monday. What I don't even remember what night that was. Now is that Sunday? What uh, when did it, when did the, the Pelicans even play? Yeah. <laughs> When did, when did the Pelicans even play in Milwaukee? I went to that game, is what I'm saying. And um, I got the dreaded... Yeah, anything uh, to, to spur the MVP um, talk, I support him. That, uh, but many players, players got to do what they can. I support him. Jason Daniels, obviously Zion Williams, all were going to be missing the game. And uh, the game played out much in that way. Uh, Giannis scored 50, although I have to say it was a... Uh, a legendary stat padding performance by Giannis. I, 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 uh, I left as he was at the free throw line to get his, his uh, 40th point. And by the time I had reached my car, he was up to 50. Uh, so it was a little bit of, a little bit of padding going on there, but anyway, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Although he did, he did uh, hurt himself going for a garbage time block last night. So uh, it remains to be seen how serious that might be. Um, but I wanted to ask you. I mean, obviously the Pelicans. It's, have they now lost nine three straight? Seventeen is their record. I think they're in their last twenty um, or three of seventeen in the last twenty. I think that's more than fair to say. But that, I mean, I mean that's a you, wonderful story yeah, lineup. If you're trying to, it's easy to say. It's Victor the that is, this is a health related collapse. Obviously, I mean, again, the the believe the starting lineup on Sunday included uh, was Herb Jones, Jose Alvarado, Jonas Valanciunas, uh, Trey Murphy, your guy. And those are, those are NBA rotation players, but I don't think that's a, that is a lottery starting lineup. It's fair to say. Uh, but that does not seem to be where the the Pelicans' um, goals should be this year. So, first of all, what what is you know when can we expect Zion back? Is this basically we're going to reset at the All Star break and go from there? Yeah, I mean, if it's up to Zion, he's going to try to get a couple of games under his belt before uh, All Star break. He's been one to sort of push the issue in terms of returning to play. Um, historically, he has not won that battle with the medical staff and. They've sort of kept him out until they feel like he's completely healthy. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, I can see it going either way. You know, he's uh, been bought in. He's, you know, in, in better shape than he has been before. So maybe the recovery is going faster. Uh, Chris Haynes reported today that he has been cleared to run and jump. Uh, so I, I would hope that, you know, if he's been cleared to run and jump, um, it's only a few practices before he can get back on the court. It'd be nice to get him for a game or two before All-Star. But um, it remains to be seen. So, with this, with this kind of uh, yeah, uh, with how jumbled the West is, spiral of, uh, in terms um, of record, I don't what, think the four. Where seed do they is think? Where do you think they they the can three end seed? Yeah, that's like best case scenario in terms of. I don't think the four seed is out of question. At the very least, just escaping the play-in, getting to five. Um, I think that is manageable if they get a reasonable slate of health post all-star um get their guys on the court maybe they make an addition here at the deadline um but they their goal should be to avoid the play-in 
as much as possible. And if they can sneak in home court for the first round, that's excellent. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, when when they're healthy, when particularly when Zion's healthy, and I think that's kind of what this recent slate of um, losses has illuminated. That how much of the offense is dependent on Zion creating very, those advantages, very dangerous defending the defense if, if they um, if, if they manage forcing to, help to, from from literally every corner. I of think the there, court. Was, there were times where they that, may have looked like that the became their the identity, uh, especially when Brandon was out earlier. And they relied heavily on that. And and credit to him, he produced. You know, he won games from them for them in, in the clutch. Uh, you know, several games he just kind of took over at the end, made statement plays, whether on offense or even even on defense. Um, and so, like you said, they have a good slate of rotation players, role players that complement each other, particularly on the defensive end. And they're just lacking that offensive component. They haven't been able to score uh, prior. You know, go like after the Milwaukee game. During this slate of losses, their offensive rating over that stretch was, you know, 105.8. And that was a full five points below Charlotte's 29th ranked 109.8. Uh, and that just kind of shows you how they've had a complete inability to put the ball in the hoop uh, relative to other teams this season. And, and, and part of that is Zion can get you a bucket every possession if he wants, essentially. It's funny. It, it's still hard for me. Like he's like, oh, 105 offensive rating. How terrible. I still remember when that would have been, you know, <laughs> that would have been um, high up the the, uh, the the league rankings. Uh, not really that long ago, but, it, it, but you know, that's the era we're playing in. So where, where, where do you want to start with, with this team in terms of, 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 I think we have to, you know, assume health because if we're, if Zion isn't healthy, it's they're they're frisky, but ultimately not going anywhere. For as much as we liked their 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 playoffs last year, I still I've maintained the whole time that was as much about the Suns. Credit to the Pelicans, but I think that that you know treating that as they were they were doing that against you know the 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 top seeded team is probably missing that the Suns weren't quite that team at that point as they showed later in the playoffs um again not to denigrate the pelicans but i think that if they run up against you know a denver in the first round without zion we don't feel very good about their chances yeah i I think that's accurate uh in terms of what you just said uh with zion on the court there really isn't a team in the west that like Gives me a ton of fear. I'm not saying the Pelicans should be favored in any of those series, but I think you got a chance um, as long as he's available and healthy. But, uh, you know, since he's not on the court right now, the first thing they need is for Brandon Ingram to start producing again um, at a level above of what he's producing now, which has just been flat out terrible. And, and if he can recapture some of that, uh, second half of the season form that he had last year, the, play, um, the playoff form that he had, that will slow this losing streak. Um, they need that in a complimentary star next to Zion. 
uh, I know I know you're not the the hugest uh, Brandon guy, and but um, they've chosen to build a team around these two players, and they've given a max to Brandon Ingram, and that comes with expectations and responsibilities, and he's got to to produce um, at least uh, at a level to where you know you feel like yeah he can you know, he can be the number two guy next to next to Zion, but he missed 29 games. Um, he's been slow to come back and this adjustment period uh, that he, where he's trying to shake off rust has not been pretty um, for him or for the Pelicans. So it's a little bit of a struggle, but that's the first thing uh, they need. But if they, you know, if they can get him back on track, if they can get Zion back on track, the rest of the questions start answering themselves and, and, you know, the offensive roles start uh, making more sense, right? CJ as more of a, catch and shoot off ball weapon rather than a primary play initiator. He's been uh, very good, I would say, for what he's been asked to do, but that hasn't been good enough to translate to wins. So you can be like, well, how useful is that? But I think CJ has a third option, um, especially with Zion drawing the tension that he draws, makes the Pelicans offense a lot more difficult to defend. It unlocks options for guys like Trey Murphy uh, and Herb Jones. Um, just lanes that haven't been open, passes that haven't been open in the past. Uh, even even you know guys down the roster like like Jose Alvarado who feed off of the attention that that Zion draws, and all of a sudden those catch and shoot threes are far more in abundance. Um, or you know if he's getting closed out to on those, then uh, he's able to put the ball on the floor and the defense is already occupied. Where with wherever Zion's is, it just from an organ uh, from an offensive hierarchy standpoint. Zion's been the organizing principle for the team, and and without that, they they look every bit as rudderless as you would expect the team looks if they've lost nine straight. So there's t- two sort of questions about 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 Ingram. One, you, you you sort of mentioned the 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 slowness of coming back. I am in general. Like this comes up all the time with the load management stuff. And it, it's like uh, players want to play. So when something comes out about, you know, you often take it with a grain of salt about, uh, uh, you know, someone's frustrated with so-and-so not not coming back. Um, you know, from from the standpoint of, of what you're hearing around the team, I, there was some of that that percolated into the, the national media about Ingram. Um, like what, what's the deal? What's his, what's his injury? A toe missing this much time with a toe injury does seem like a long time, but again, you don't want to, you know, if, if the guy says he's not right, I think we should, we should lean towards believing him. Yeah. At the end of the day, I'm not Brandon Ingram and I'm not in the business of assuming what his body's experiencing. Uh, I I'm with you that I lean towards the player in terms of if, they say they're hurt, they're hurt. Um, but from, from like, I guess the back channeling uh, or, you know, like the reporting that's been going on, uh, there seems to be a level of frustration among the front office, uh, the coaching staff and the teammates uh, in that, you know, Brandon Ingram was medically cleared uh, for weeks prior to his return. Um, just didn't feel comfortable returning there. Their, you know, imaging showed no structural damage. Amirage <clears throat> showed no structural damage. And he just didn't feel comfortable returning. And I can see why that can be a source of frustration uh, for, for people around him, uh, definitely for fans. But I, I maintain I am not Brandon Ingram. And 
there this isn't the first time you know can confirm you are not threatening <laughs> right and this wouldn't be the first time we've heard of an instance where a player just feels differently than you know what the medical imaging or tests have been showing you know we we're all aware of how the Kawhi situation played out in, in San Antonio. Uh, we, we've seen Derrick Rose um, have a reluctance to come back from his injuries in the past and, and what's happened. So there, there's been multiple examples of, of this kind of stuff, this kind of tug of war between the team and, and the player. Um, but I, I can say there is uh, an, an, a, I want to say a not insignificant amount of frustration uh, in the team that this occurred and it played out the way that it has. Whether they're going to do something about it, I don't think they are. I don't think they can. There's nothing you really can do. But, you know, that, that frustration is exists and is very real. Yeah, Eric, in, in comments, notes that his play since returning kind of validates that has zero tolerance. You know, if he was right, chances are he might be playing better. Um, I also, this, this like this medically cleared thing, this is something I don't remember medically cleared being a thing until, you know, within the last couple of years. And it seems like, it almost seems like that's a term that's used to sort of sell the player out. It's just like, well, he's, uh, you know, he could play like physically without his leg falling off. So why isn't he? Yeah, it just seems there isn't a great deal of clarity. I mean, I mean, it's not that like, they are being very forthcoming with, with what it is. They listed it as a toe contusion. Uh, contusion can be any anything really in terms of like the bruising, but like where it occurred as a bone bruise, is it like a surface level? What is it? We don't know, right? They did say it was not a strain. Um, you know, they're, they're maintaining there wasn't any structural damage, but I don't think those things are necessarily, um, you know, ironclad facts that this player is not in pain. Or, or anything of the sort. So uh, again, if Brandon Ingram says that he's in pain, I am, tend to agree with him. So that aside, um, the, the other the other thing this is this has been you mentioned that I'm not a huge Brandon Ingram guy, and I I think I fully own up to that. Um, building around those two players, I I I just I'm. Even this season, there hasn't been much evidence I've seen that those two players work as a pair. The best stretch of the Pelican season was largely when Zion was playing and, and Ingram wasn't. Now, you don't want to jump to conclusions because there was obviously there was some some a little bit of a change in style of the offense that happened as a part of that. But still, I don't, I don't think we can um, understate the change in the style of offense because they started the year off using Zion as primarily a post-up guy and a garbage guy in terms of cleaning up offensive rebounds. And maybe they hit him in transition every once in a while, but his usage was um, third in priority to the two perimeter players. Um, and he would go large stretches of the game, just floating around in the corner. Like, like the spacing wasn't even uh, well thought out of like, where, what do we do with Zion off ball? Well, if he isn't posting up, just go hang out in the weak side corner, space it out. It's like, that just, it just wasn't well thought out, and, and that's kind of been my like criticism of the offensive design for this team in general. Um, and it wasn't until injuries, and it wasn't until like a few games into those slate of injuries that they really were like forced to play Zion as the true initiator, um, primary handler, you know, all that kind of stuff. His drives per game jumped from essentially like nine or ten per game to like 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. 
Um, he had a few games of 30 plus drives and, and, you know, his pick and roll usage jumped and they started running screens for him instead of just ISOing him. And we, you know, we haven't seen them try to incorporate Brandon Ingram back into that version uh, of the team. So there's just a large question mark of, is that hierarchy going to stay when, when everyone's healthy? Is there going to be a ramp up period again for Zion where they do relegate him back to like post play and ISO play while he's ramping up? I don't know, but uh, it just doesn't seem like there's been, I don't know. I, my, my, my big complaint with the Pelicans, uh, you know, scheme this, this season is their defense is very good. Their offense just doesn't seem like it has a ton of thought. I think, I mean, some of that is, is just that, like you said, there, there's some identity issues going on here and they, the, the, the lineup flux has probably, has certainly not helped with that. I mean, the, Herb Jones is also a, um, although he's not a key offensive cog, the fact that, that he is, you know, one of their best defenders and is, has some limitations as an offensive player that require, you know, fitting in, in that regard has probably not helped either. Um, all that said, I'm still very intrigued by some of the lineups they can put out there. Like just being, you know, being close to the court and seeing like, again, even though it's not ideal to have to start, you know, uh, Marshall Murphy and, and, and uh, Herb with, without, you know, Zion or Ingram. Um, that's, you know, their ability to put a lot of length on the floor, a lot of, a lot of athleticism, a lot of switchability. You, you, you do have to be intrigued by that. I mean, especially if you kind of pair them with a, you know, an on-ball pass like like Alvarado. So, again, it, it it's there there is that sort of mystery box feel to this Pelicans team still. That's why you know I was like, well, if they make it to the postseason healthy, uh, I, I like them just versus just about any team. Again, not saying I'm favoring them, but I'm not counting them out of any any series, any matchup uh, so readily because of how versatile they can play. Like they can play big if they wanted to, they can play small if they want to, which is their preferred style. Actually. Um, they can switch everything. They have scheme versatility in defense. And as long as, you know, Zion Williams is healthy, your offense should stay um, afloat, if not be very, very good just because of how productive he is. Um, but I, I think like the one thing they need more than anything and every team needs it is, is um, some more reliable shooting, but that, that's a job for David Griffin and his staff to address. I mean, it, I, I am, uh, I'm, I, I've come around. I'm all in on Trey Murphy alongside with you. Um, I mean, that, that seems like that helps with, with the shooting. Um, but yeah. Um, and I guess, I guess that's the natural segue. Just speaking of kind of front office and personnel. Um, I think that's an additional and, and sort of side penalty to all the injuries is this is a team that that would have moves to make given they've got a lot of dudes on their roster, a lot of guys who can play. I mean, they have when everyone's healthy, they've got, you know, five playable wings, if not more. Like if you were healthy and you decided you needed to make a move at a different position, like Najee Marshall and a pick could get you something, I think. Um, so, but not really knowing what they have makes the deadline hard to navigate. What, what do you think? Do you think they're just kind of standing pat kind of let's go to the playoffs once with Zion, see how it shakes out and then make a move or are they, they actively looking for something? I, I think they're, they're pretty aggressive uh, at the moment and they are trying to find some stuff. My, 
um, conversations with them, uh, specifically on this topic, you know, I asked them outright, like, are you, you know, do you, are you waiting for more data collection before you decide what you want to do? Or, you know, have you seen what you need to see? And, and their response was essentially along the lines of like, you don't need more data to realize you need more shooting on this team. You don't need more data to realize that there, there isn't much rim protection. You don't need more data to realize that, Hey, we probably need some more play creation. So uh, I think they understand the types of players they need. It'll just be about finding the right fit, finding the right contractual fit, um, making sure you're not eating into the future minutes of guys that you do want to develop um, all that kind of stuff. So it's a tough balance to strike. Like you said, they have a lot of dudes. I do anticipate them consolidating either at the deadline or the summer or both, um, you know, just making some consolidation moves and, and focusing more on the, the few key players that they want to keep developing. But um, yeah, it's, it's sometimes, you know, and, and you know this better than I, like deals that you're talking about just don't materialize or they take, you know, six, seven months to materialize. I mean, it, it it seems like I mean, who is who is like a wishless player for you? I mean, is is are you a big OG Ananobi guy? Big OG Ananobi guy, just in the sense that like you 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 drop him into the Herb Jones starting spot in the start in the in the starting lineup, all of a sudden you know any offensive concerns you have uh, are I guess not all of them are alleviated, but a great deal of them are alleviated. He is been historically a reliable catch and shoot three point shooter. Um, he can do some stuff off the dribble. You can do some stuff. In tra- He's a good transition player. Uh, obviously, defensive versatility. You don't really lose any if you swap OG for Herb uh, in that starting lineup. I think he pulls together um, that lineup in a way that hasn't uh, hasn't been done this season yet. So I'm a big fan of that guy. Um, I, I would certainly hate to see uh, division rival Memphis pull off a trade uh, and, and get that guy. I do think that like having a guy like him or multiple guys like him, you know, you got Herb already, you got Dyson, um, is going to help you uh, get through the West when you have to go against Luca, you have to go against Booker, you have to go against Ja. So, um, you know, he'd, he'd be he'd be great. I would I would love OG Ananobi. But to to your point about trades not materializing, uh, all right, well, it, it, unless Trey Murphy's in the deal, it's not happening. Like I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm not let's, uh, you know I'm going to go do a wind horse don't aggregate me but I'm just like that's <laughs> yeah the kind I mean of thing I think I think on a personal to, level to, like, uh, I can, I, can I totally wouldn't do that Toronto, deal I was like holding like, that line hammer the draft and, picks and that, that like, you know, now what do you hear him towards like, Najee as, or Herb or Trevor like that what if it was the president you're taking secretary of the Devontae Jackson and Trey Murphy is the only other asset in the deal and you're retaining everything else, then you got to think really, really, really hard about it. Um, do I personally have the guts to pull that off? No. Like you said, I'm the president of, of the Trey Murphy fan club. From, from an objective standpoint, um, if they made that deal, but I understand it, absolutely. The difference is, I think the Pelicans, compared to just about any other team serious about being good have better picks to offer well and, um, but i, I think you know, that's people talk you know about, where a lot of these deals three, like three picks you know, on the okay well, well, well what if you just the had like our third all heavily protected like like um, young, young and, players and, you know, there's players. just not a single like, no, like how about your first and second the pelican they're picked this year i don't think we'll do that but like between like the 24 25 laker pick yeah um that pick is arguably you know i i think one of the more valuable picks available 
um, in in the pick market that you know teams would be willing to trade. Obviously, any serious lottery teams are not moving their stuff, but like for good teams, you know, Memphis if they're trading their own picks, those picks are not going to be very high. So um, I, I think the one area where the Pelicans can find an edge in any potential deal, in addition to you know maybe not putting Trey in, maybe some other young player, is that they can add picks that have more value um, and, and get creative on that front. Yeah, and, and you don't you're not you're not going to get all of those things in one deadline or, or one move. It's a, it's going to be a continual process to build around Zion. Um, and you know if there is one thing I could personally prioritize this deadline, uh, it would be it would be shooting uh, more so than anything. So um, you mentioned or at least it's not you, just you like shooting and more like, shooting, oh, just go get Duncan Robinson, but like more rim protection. Uh, for a, a guy that, that has before you know, all the injuries tied for first not going to be a liability out there. Not very good they also if they get, have all those needs. Um, shots uh, up, which is you know, I'm joking a little, but, but in terms of like priorities, <laughs> um, again, I think you have to make those trades, assuming at minimum Zion is healthy, because this is yeah, a little bit of act as if, because if not, it doesn't matter. But you kind of want to make a bet you can win, essentially. Right. Right. So it's like, oh, so we're trading for OJ Ananobi or Jay Crowder like everybody else. Yeah. Go to, you go down that list and it gets it and, and the pickings get pretty slim. I, I mean they you know, it, it's unfortunate that uh that that it seems like after the Hachimura trade that uh I, I spent most of the first half of the year trying to trade John Collins to everybody. And now after the Hachimura trade, it looks like they're they think they can hang on to him, but I was then I was trying to trade Kyle Kuzma to everybody, and, well, that, and man, he'd be an interesting fit, interesting fit in New Orleans. Let, let's talk about John Collins for a second. Well, Kyle Kuzma, yeah, I mean, sure. I think uh, the reason they probably won't do Kuzma is uh, you know not not that it's really any different because Kyle Collins already has a bunch of money left on his deal, but you know Kuzma wants that new money, and, and you know there is a little bit of history with with Brandon Ingram and, and Kuzma, and I don't know how much that like plays into like front office decisions, but they do not like it. I have a solution at all. <laughs> no, stop it. Yeah. Don't go there. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know what my solution is, but um, I know what your solution is. Um, yeah. But, you know, let, let's talk about John Collins for a second, because they have been rumored. Uh, you know, there's been a couple articles about uh, linking them to John Collins, both locally and, and nationally. Um, I, you know, I've, I've heard some of those uh, trade wins too. And I, I do think John Collins is a player that they would make a trade for if um, the value called for it, right? If they didn't have to trade a significantly unprotected pick, uh, you know, a, a good pick for him, or if they didn't have to, like, you know, add in a guy like Trey Murphy um, to that deal. So if, if they can get away with it as a sort of like a nominal pick um, and, and you know, their, their salary pieces, I think they would make that move just for the talent play. Uh, do I think it solves any of their immediate needs? No, but then, like you said, like how many how many immediate needs do they have if they're already a good team with Zion healthy? It's another question. Um, 
But I, I think John Collins allows them to play their, their preferred style, or really Green's preferred style, which is more mobile um, uh, defensively, uh, more aggressively defensively, and you can switch more often. Uh, and I, I would anticipate JV um, goes out in a third deal or goes out this summer, uh, although I'm a big fan of the three-headed front court trio of Zion, JV, and John Collins, and just getting teams to deal with that on a 48-minute basis would be a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I might be looking for a new home for Larry in that case, but uh, reading the tea leaves, they would want to hold on to Larry and, and move JV at some point. A couple different places to go there. First of all, like, you, like you're, you know, I, my, Utah has sort of, that one guy that my current favorite light it off on three. Mari, where is, you know, none of the thing. front court. Um, like with marketing. Well, you know, except for JV who had that like monster a, game against uh, Milwaukee a long-term, earlier this season. Uh, a starter, you know, as it, maybe not a, you know, maybe not a 35 minute a game guy, but certainly a guy who can, you know, give you 26 minutes, you know, in a playoff game. And, and Collins, that, that gives you three very good players to, cover 96 minutes in a, in a play, in a playoff setting and play a lot of different styles. So I think, you know, what you're describing is a little bit the same thing, even if, uh, you know, even if Valanchunas is, is skill set isn't quite as the, the skill sets wouldn't be quite as, as uh, polarized and unique if it was like Colin Zion and, and JV as it would be, you know, in that, that Utah scenario, but I see what you're saying. Um, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, you know, the, the, they got him to use a better floor spacer than uh, Steven Adams. <laughs> right. And, which frankly, I mean, at least the start of last year turned out to be true. I mean, he, he has, he has added more three point shooting to his game. So, so credit there. Although whether he's, he's yeah. And he's won them games in, in guy, you know, when, when guys have been hurt, he's been their most consistent. You know, he hasn't missed a single game. This season at all, um, and that's been huge. And he's straight up won them games early in the season, um, where where one of their main guys were out, or two of their main guys were out, and you know Jay they needed JB to turn in a big night, and, and he did. Well, I, I think more so. Seem like yeah, <clears throat> but about the, I think it's a Willie Green thing. A little bit like the. Guys I, I don't before. think Willie Green is. Uh, they've they've sees him as a guy that he can close games with and. You're not ver- close the best version of them is kind of outgrown. And it's only going to get reduced, then you probably need to find a new home for him. I mean, I think that that I mean, I think that's a reasonable point to take. I mean, I think there there are matchups in which he is a he is a he is a closer. But I I uh, my take on that is like yes I I I, I do agree that he's got to be a matchup guy but uh, you know this season it's been not he's not even been a matchup guy it's just been we're not closing with you. Um, if we have the option not to, which irks me a little bit because I think there's matchups where like Larry's just not suited to close at the five, especially because he doesn't give you any of the inherent advantages of going small in terms of spacing the floor. Um, teams do not guard Larry and he's not going to help you on the glass. Uh, but he will, you know, he, he's a really good switch defender. And if you're up like, you know, eight or nine points and you want to like limit three point attempts from the opposing team. Yeah. Perfect. Deploy Larry. But if you need to get back in games or juice your offense, um, 
those small lineups, like they're like, oh, well, their offensive rating is so good. No, the offensive rating is so good is because Zion's scoring and Zion's on on that lineup, and they'll be good regardless of who you put on there. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think in general, like the way the coaching staff is utilized. No, I, TV, I think that um, you you still it, run into some of the same course, defense. But I would like to see a big um, that is you know yeah, a little bit more. He's maybe a little sturdier, but maybe and, not which as is, mobile. You know, we're enter John Collins. Here you go. Here's I mean, John there's Collins a little bit of picker points. A better offensively layer. These are all very Yeah, yeah, you might get more on the on you know on the rebounding front, less on the you know generating turnovers uh, front, or you know less on the like Larry can pass uh, the ball as well. But hey, but you, you know John can also score, so you're right. It's a pick your poison. I mean, in 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 like the world of available players right now. 